People who shit on Pinterest are the same people who shit on Subway. You just don't know how to make a sandwich. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I say, I, that's the way I see it. Like, Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry. And in this 41st episode, I'm here with Nathan Lau. Throughout the podcast, we discuss the creative process behind music videos, directing, creativity in video, video and photography, Luno Brovard, storytelling through visuals, Nathan's origin story, and much more. We also play the Dream Fest game. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. For those who are new to the podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that works in it, lives it, loves it, surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, I have the immense pleasure of welcoming Nathan Lau to the podcast. He is a Toronto-based director and photographer. Along with founding his production company and creative agency, Luno Boulevard, Nathan has worked with several clients in the music industry, including Sony, Universal, XO, Warner, Amazon Music, and more. Striving to push the boundaries of his mediums, Nathan focuses on highlighting authenticity and the capturing of the true self. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Good, good, good. And of course, I think this is one of the uh, rare times, although I want to really get into it, uh, in regards to having somebody that's not necessarily only in the music industry, uh, but very much, much so. Mm-hmm. I, I guess your your role isn't typically associated to the mus- music industry a lot, but I actually know you through the music industry. Right. So, um, but you're good? I'm doing really well. Yeah, thanks <laughs> for having me, man. Of course, Appreciate of course. Um, let's start the podcast how we always start the podcast. Uh, your favorite live show experience as a fan? As a fan? Yeah. Um... I think in recent years, yeah, I went to uh, an ASAP Rocky show. Yeah, and I like ASAP Rocky. Don't get me wrong, but I wasn't like expecting to to be like the most like, crazy show. Mm-hmm. When I say that was like the most wild fan experience I've ever had, just based off of like experience, like visuals, not even just the music, but he had like thirty of his like homies in like the testing uh, like balaclavas. Yeah, yeah, in the pit, like moshing with Whoa, people. Okay, dead signs. Like the crowd control was like. He would be like, Mosh, now. And everyone was like, okay, yes, ASAP Rocky for sure. And <laughs> yeah, just started like, yeah. pushing each other. And then be That's like, crazy. stop. And then like, you made like everyone go silent for like a, uh, like a silent moment for like yams at one point. Okay. And I was like, this is like unreal to have like this much control over like, what, like 10,000 people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I struggle to keep a conversation with five people going, you know what I mean? Let alone like, just controlling a whole arena, I think is such yeah. a, um, like powerful thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, as a fan, that was like, by far the most, uh, like, crazy show I've been to. Yeah. Was that at Scotiabank? No, it was actually at a, right, uh, at a Entercare Center or, like, Coca-Cola Coliseum. Oh, yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. So, Coca-Cola Coliseum, that was, like, wild. He ended up, at the end of the show, came out to the crowd, like, by himself, no security, and just started, like, crowd surfing on the fans afterwards <laughs> and like security was like trying to rip me he's like no nope, and just like ran out I have like a video of like me just like holding up asap rocky one boy it was wild like i don't know i kind of like forget about that because this was like pre-covid yeah, and then, yeah, yeah like i this feels like so like dystopian afterwards because of like having that many people after like concerts haven't been the same for me since like i think yes. all my favorite concerts have been pre-covid pre-covid yeah, yeah that was by far the best do you go to a lot of shows? I do, I do, yeah. yeah. I, I try to, like, keep a balance between shooting shows and going as a fan. Yes, yeah. Um, 
Are you shooting a lot of shows? Not too many. I try to do the ones that are like, like if I really, really like the artist, I'm going as a fan. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to separate like working while trying to have an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been uh, shooting a lot of like smaller shows. I like yeah, uh, yeah. the best like show I shot was like Pup. Yes, Pup, yeah, Pup yeah, was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Unreal. Yes. Um, like that was one of my first like punk shows. Like, uh, and I was not prepared. Like they had like I think triple the amount of security, <laughs> and they briefed us as a photographer. They were like, "Listen, like." there's going to be people crowd surfing, you might get kicked in the face. So just, like, be careful. And they allocated, like, a security guard per photographer just to, like, keep me safe while shooting, which was sick. It was great. And then I ended up just going into the pit with the camera because I thought it was, like, the most, like, I don't know, like, actually authentic experience as, like, a a punk show instead of, like, let me take this, like, whatever photo of this artist in this, like, good lighting, Mm -hmm. and then they kick you off after the first three songs. I was sure. like, I'm going to keep it going in the pit. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there was, uh, it's been fun, like shooting concerts, but also getting to like be front row and like experiencing this. And you're yeah. like, Oh wow. I'm actually like trying to like stay in the moment while shooting and listening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a good experience. I love shows trying to go to more in the new year for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how do you approach that? Like, were you asked to do the pup show? Or did you like go and ask as like get a media pass kind of thing? Yeah. My friend, shot one of their uh one of their covers yeah uh, one of their like magazine covers and i asked like, give it extra media passes like sure and so i was like super grateful to shoot there uh history has like an amazing okay yeah. um they have an amazing setup for like press yes. photographers they keep everything very organized um and yeah there I've, I've done like a different round of like some shows are very like organized they have security for you and everything there's yeah, a barrier yeah. And then some are, I recently caught <laughs> Paris, Texas at an Axis Club. Yeah. No barrier, no security, <laughs> no yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah. You're yeah. just in there with your camera. It was like soaking wet and sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, but still a great experience. Yeah. It was just a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. As a photographer and and as a director, do you tend to go see shows? And like wh- when you go see shows as a fan, how does your experience change when you let's say put on that photographer hat or director hat for a second and see the process of it or like what what do you see as like a director when you go to shows yeah i think i try not to like it's hard for me not to think about it um because i don't i don't necessarily want to like nitpick things i'm not want to like nitpick like if someone's like visuals aren't up to par but i do think about like like I, I notice more like people's like LED backgrounds or their lighting or their cues of like how they set up their show. Yeah. I think like are so important rather than just like playing whatever, just the music. Yeah. Um, and you would know this like as a musical director, like I think like how your set list plays out, what songs you picked to go in order. 100%. Um, especially for artists that have like one big song, where are you placing that one big song? Are you going to do it to start the show, to end it? Yeah. Second last? Like, what do you do to to figure that out? Um, and I think, like, visuals are a huge aspect. I think now we're seeing in, like, concerts, especially big stadium concerts, like, how important visuals are. It's crazy. Because if Taylor Swift didn't have everything going on, it wouldn't yeah. be that good of a show, in my opinion. But yeah. we have... You know what I mean? Like a whole, it's a whole production. It's a movie every single time that totally. you're doing one of these shows and yeah. they do it over and over and over again. Um, Kendrick Lamar show as well. Unreal. Crazy. Seeing those visuals were, and like the dancers, everything. Yes. I think those are super important. Yeah. Um, I would like to see like this translate into like smaller artists as well. And mm-hmm. like, cause I think a lot of um, upcoming artists don't think about that cause they're not even thinking about doing shows yet, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think to any artist that you're going like, 
your live performance should be something that you think about a lot because yeah. those are where you make real fans, not just a casual monthly listener. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think this, the way I think about it is like once I put on like that like director hat is like how could you make a fan today? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, instead of just like someone who was like, yeah, it was cool. It was whatever. Like I like love when I go home from a show and I'm like, holy shit. And I like go and I look up their music right away. Yeah. More than once has that happened where like I knew the artist, but I didn't, I wasn't like a fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember seeing Tyler, the creator. Um, <laughs> and I, I knew like maybe like five, like three to five in staple songs. Mm. And then he opened up for him. This was the Flower Boy tour. Yes, yeah. And oh my god, I became a fan instantly. Like he was like unreal live, and like the visuals were crazy. He had like a bunch of TVs stacked all black and white, and just like strobing. Yeah. And all the real fans were moshing, and then I was like, oh my god, like this is sick. And like yeah. right away, like I became a fan, and I've been a fan ever since. And mm. so I think that's like super powerful that one experience can be automatically like, you've made a real fan today. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so I think that's something that a lot of artists should think about, mm-hmm. artists, managers, whoever else is helping out with the tour. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. You touched upon something that we're sort of going through at eights currently where we're thinking, we're now thinking about visuals. But um, as a, some, somebody coming from a musical director sort of uh, angle, uh, fans often forget, and, and even musicians, that visuals don't only, like, it's not only, like, costume design and, like, video. It's also, you mentioned Kendrick Lamar's dancers, mm-hmm. set design with right. the TVs for Vince Staples and stuff yeah. like that. Um, how do you quantify visuals? This is a very general question uh, in regards to like a live show. I think like quantify, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's um, so many ways that you can make a show good visually without like breaking mm. the bank. Like I think yes, people assume yeah. like, Oh, you have to have some crazy LED wall that costs ten thousand dollars in order for me. No, you don't. Yeah. But when you have the like shittiest light setup I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> it's like, of course it's gonna look bad. But you can have like one spotlight and make something really, really dramatic. And I've seen it happen. Like, um, I think it was David or like D Forty BD. He did like a live performance, and there's a singular spotlight on this kid playing piano. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's involved because he just sounds amazing. And yeah, it's yeah. like it's dramatic, but it did its job rather than like. Um, I don't know, having, like, a basic setup of just, like, four LED lights that flash every once in a while, yeah, yeah, and it yeah, doesn't totally. even match the music. I think matching beats with your lighting is something that, like, every venue has similar lighting setups that you don't have to pay extra for. They're already there. Yes. If you can sync your songs to this lighting, boom, your show becomes so much more of, like, an experience when you're matching visual cues with that. Um, I've seen even, like, if they have a projector... Make the video beforehand. Take that into account instead of like I've seen multiple times where like a video just stop playing because they didn't put it on a loop, and it will just be like the end screen with like the play button. The play there. button, yeah. And I'm like, oh that's my god, crazy. someone play it again, that's please, crazy. like please play it again. And that's just something that like I think there's a big excuse for a lot of like up and coming whatever you are, yeah, um, creative in general. But it's like put in the effort because like yeah, yeah, you know yeah. there's some <laughs> excuses where I think like sure if you're there's budget constraints there's uh, whatever happened time constraints yeah um, there's no excuse for you to half ass something that you're trying so hard to put out like you work countless hours as an artist to make this music to promote it to whatever and then you're just gonna like leave it for last minute for your visuals at your concert like that yeah. seems the opposite mentality of what you should have in my opinion yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah teach his own honestly like if you don't want it go ahead but <laughs> i think like i think just something 
think about if you really want a fan base, if you really want um, the experience for yourself. And then, like, I always go back to, like, your brand yeah. as, like, an artist. Like, if you really want to push this brand, then, then like, do it. Don't just assume that people are going to make it for yourself because they're not. You know yeah. what I mean? You set the tone, and then they follow. Mm. So kind yeah. of keep that going. There you go, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm getting mad. No, 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 this is great. This is great. Um, it's something that we haven't necessarily spoken about uh, on the pod, but something that we as well, like, just as on eights or as eights, we want to really get into as well. So more conversations uh, are to be had on that. Um, the second part of the intro, which I could just call it topic two, which is Erica Badu's quote, which is, uh, music and music business are two different things. Um what are your first instincts when you hear that? And for you specifically, I don't want to just, I just don't want to sort of, it's not just about the music business here. It's in regard for you. It's like art and or creative and creative business are two different things. What do you think about that? And how are you approaching it as now a business owner, a director, um, photographer, the difference between your creative output and like the business part of it, how or where are you at in that? I think um, there's a lot of like consuming art versus like, I don't know, doing it for like a bag that there's like yeah. a, a lot of people kind of are, have been like making a big divide about. And this can go for anything. Like I, I, I look at it, the best example I have is like, um, like I love cooking. Like I love. Like I'm a big home cook. Yeah. But I would never be a real chef because that's like a whole other thing where you're doing it as your job. And you know what yeah. I mean. I think something that I learned a lot while um, making photography a hobby and then going into it as my job and incorporating a company is that like these are these are different things. Um, but I'm trying to kind of merge them to become like you get paid to do your passion. You know what I mean. I think a lot of people. And this happened with myself at one point where uh, I started doing things for alternative motives where like music business, let's say, like I was thinking about like, what's the budget for this music video? What are these things? Um, yeah. Because you're looking for the beneficial of, of, of your company, of the people around you to get paid, um, what looks good for a resume, for your portfolio. Yeah. Um, and I think those are the differences of like, now you're not just worrying about what makes you feel good. You're worrying about putting food on the table for your friends, for your family, yes. for yourself. Yeah, and then yeah. you're also worrying about, um, like, business relationships. Like, this isn't just about meeting a friend. Now this is a client. You yes, have to make sure yeah. that there's a lot of other things going on here. I, I go back to, like, talking about an artist brand. I'm, like, providing a service now. Um, and so it's not as a casual talk about something rather than, like, this is a meeting and we're, we have a goal here. Yes. Um, so I think that those are the differences of, like, once you bring in business, um, you just have to remember that although um, you should keep it a passion and you should be very, very, like, like inspired by what you're doing. Yeah. To not forget that, like, there are some, like, professional courtesies that you should take to make things, like, go smoothly. Make sure that everyone's happy with your product. Mm. You're happy with your product. Yeah. You treat everyone good on set. Like, this isn't, like, even though I love working with friends um, and, like, I think our sets are honestly some of the most like casual and fun sets i still want to make sure we eat on time i still want to make sure yeah. you're not leaving 14 hours after the set when i told you it was a 12 hour set you know what i mean like those are things that regardless how good of a friend you are you're still gonna remember it you know what yes, I mean? like yeah. I, I and if anything if i have a friend on set 
I'm trying to treat them better even more so because it doesn't change anything. I'm still, this is still a service for both of us. And I still want to make sure that you're treated correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, those are the difference. I don't know if I answered that correctly. No, no, it's great. <laughs> it's great. What, what are some of the things that you, you and Corey Luna Boulevard do mm-hmm. as a company to sort of uh, better those friendships or maybe not better those friendships, but even sort of divide the, okay, we're having to talk about Luno now and uh, I need to, you to put up this light, mm-hmm. you know, on, on, on set, you know, it's like, I think, how, how are you balancing that friendship on a set? Yeah. I think uh, I always like from even pre-production, I'm always bringing on someone who I know is down to work. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, I think it's sick to put on like your homies for yeah. whatever, but like do it with purpose. Like yeah, you, yeah. you're putting on someone who wants to do this and who is not just like willing to, but like actually has the urge to do things. Um, but I think just setting the tone uh, of like what you want to get done and people will follow. So like if you come on to set um, and I've had this uh, not for myself, but like being like, I've been a PA, I've been like an art director and I've like worked my way around I've been on sets where the directors come on and they're bringing horrible energy. And when that happens, you've set the tone for the whole day for everyone to be like, all right, fuck this job. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you're coming on, I've had directors come on and just be like super rude to the PAs and super rude to whoever. Right, and you're right, like, right. okay, well, they don't want to work. You know what I mean? Yes. Because you've set this tone. Yeah. So I like think right away, right away. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, okay. This is going to be a shit day. And yeah. I spent 12 hours with you now. Yeah. yeah but, um, I think what I do is just setting the tone in a good way where it's like, all right, like, let's like have a great day. Um, And not on no like amazing guys, we're going to kill this. It's like, no, like I trust you a lot. Um, I think the best way to go about it is like, I think there's a really good middle ground of like putting trust into your team and not micromanaging. Like don't, don't come in as a producer, as a director and act like they don't know how to do their job because if you hire them, they do know how to do their job. You know? So I, I think like, just setting the tone of like, doesn't matter if you're a friend or not. Like, I trust you to do this, and they're like, once you've, I've, like, I feel that trust. Boom, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter if I'm like, let's put up that light. They're like, I already got it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah it's yeah, like yeah, there's already yeah. this momentum, and I think yes. like that's really good, um, to kind of keep that like flow, um, throughout like such a long day. Yeah. Or yeah. days. Yeah, you know? yeah. Going back to sort of like the music vibe, where do you think? Like for you specifically, and this could be as a fan, as a consumer of music, but where do you think music and visuals or, you know, in your case, in Luno's case, the film industry, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. where do you think that intersects? I think they're like right off the bat, like I think they're so reliant on each other. It goes for every art form. Like you can't go on tour without dancers if you're a big, um, big artist you're not going on tour without visuals. You know what I mean? If someone's making a movie, you're not making that without a soundtrack. Yeah. You know I mean? So I think they're all very intersected. Um, and I think that um, what I'm trying to do now is think about things before they even happen because mm. um, piecing things later, um, I think you could, a lot of people can tell. So like, let's say someone made um, a movie scene and they didn't have a song in mind. Um, or like a, like a tone, a soundtrack in mind, mm. and then they add it in later, you're like, oh, this feels like it was added in later. Right. While like when, when like uh, a director makes a scene, knowing this specific song is going to be in that scene, like you know it was written around that and it feels good. You know right, I mean? right, right, right. Likewise, like I think a lot of 
artists make like some songs, knowing what the music video is going to be before they even finish the song. They have uh, like a V1 demo. Yes. And they're like, I know what this music video is going to be. I already have an idea for what my rollout, my character is going to be for this. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. that's something to think about a lot where um, if you're if you're a music artist, you're also going to act. You're also going to perform. You're also going to direct, honestly. Like, oh, you're going to direct yourself. Or you're going to do a lot. And that's yeah. why I think you see a lot of music artists directing now, mm, um, yeah. which I'm like... I have mixed feelings about. I think I have some like really good things to say about that and some bad things to say about that. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. But I think it's an overall good thing to be thinking about it regardless. Um, and that goes for every medium. If you're a director, you should be thinking about um, like sound on it. You should be thinking about the song. Mm. Um, I've been really grateful to like any artist friends. Like if they ask me for notes on their on their song, I used to be like, I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I used to, like, even though I had something to say, yeah, I yeah. felt obligated to be like, no, 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 like, do your thing, even though I'd be like, you should change this, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But now I realize that, like, um, as a, if you're a music artist, you should be willing to hear all opinions all around. Yes, even if you don't value sure. that person's opinion in, like, a grand scheme of things, like, think about it that they're going to be another streamer. Like, they're going to be another stream that, honestly matters to you in, in, in like, the, the grand scheme of things. Sure, if you're huge and you have one person that doesn't like your song, like, fuck it, who cares? Yeah. But, like, when you're coming up, like, those are all things to be thinking about. If you only have producers around you or other music artists, mm. they're going to be listening to it in a way that's, like, I love how this beat did this and blah, blah, blah. You don't, need, you don't always need that. Like, sometimes yeah. you just need someone who's, like, I like this song. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and totally, that's it. Totally that's totally. all it needs to be. Mm. Same goes for videos. I like hearing notes from, like, a wide variety of friends. I try not to, like, push it out too much, but I love showing yeah. it to someone that's, like, um, I don't know, like, not off the street, but, like, a friend who's not in film. Because then they're like, oh, yeah, I like this. I don't like this. And I hear it out because, like, why not? Yeah, because only, like, 2% of the people that are going to be seeing your video or listening to your music will be in the music or the film industry. <laughs> right. So yeah. it's, like, it's that, it's actually that, 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 that person on the street that honestly sometimes value, like, their opinion sort of yeah. is more valuable Definitely. In many ways, in regards to just accessibility uh, or how they see it without having any bias at all. Mm-hmm. I think there's a huge, like, um, like an ego thing when you're thinking about, like, people post a whole story that's for one person. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, no. yo, 900 people saw it, but you only cared if this one person saw it. Text them. If you really want to talk to that person yeah, yeah, yeah. or you really want to, uh, like, impress this one person, like, Take them out on a coffee date. Go pick their brain. Have a conversation. I promise you that'll mean so much more <laughs> than you posting whatever and thinking that, like, that's going to matter more. Yeah. Um, and I say this being that I've felt this before. Where, oh, like, for sure. You know, like, it's like I felt like whatever A&R or manager's opinion matters the most out of anything because they're the ones who's going to hire me next. But at the end of the day, like, hearing someone that likes your music, 10 other people that liked, like, a music video – is much better than hearing, oh, like, that one person was like, yeah, I liked it. You're like, yes! <laughs> yeah, like, it totally. doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, like, do things for yourself, for your artist, and, like, I think everything else will follow. Great. Um, great way to segue to, like, your, the origin story of Nathan Lau. Um, like where, a super villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh <laughs> Where, so the origin story, when I think about the origin story, I think about, I don't only think about, like, where you grew up, because oftentimes, like, at 
doesn't, it matters, but it doesn't matter hundred percent, you know? Right. Um, but I'll ask you, where did you grow up and what was your like creative upbringing like? Um, so I grew up in London, Ontario, yeah. uh, like two and a half hours away from here in Toronto, yes, yeah. um, which was interesting. London's like a, it's not like a super, like, I wouldn't say it's a small town. It's still a city, still like over 400,000 people, but it's a yeah. very like small town mentality. Sure. Um, but my upbringing was like surprisingly like artistic. I kind of forget this, but I went to an art elementary school. Yeah, uh, sure. Which was uh, crazy from grade four to eight. Like I was in like an art school that was like. Made you play piano. I played cello. Okay. Um, they had you act. They had you dance. Yeah, like you great. did everything. Um, I loved drawing when I was a kid. I was doing a lot of like drawing um, lessons from like grade two onwards until like wow, yeah, until, okay. like, grade six or seven, something like that. Um, and I I kind of forget about that whole part of my life because I don't like I didn't like connect those between like oh i like wanted to become a director at that time because i did, i wasn't thinking about that yes you know I mean? yeah of course um, yeah. i actually didn't pick up a camera until first year of university mm. so all high school i wasn't thinking about that either but sure. i think a lot of those did have an effect on me because i was like doing plays when i was in grade seven and eight you yes know I mean? yeah, and yeah it's like those are all a part of it like you didn't know that but you were being directed by your drama teacher you know what i mean yeah yes yeah um and yeah so it was it was uh, a crazy uh like i don't know uh two sides of it because I went to an art school that was like super, super like pushing the arts, trying to make kids have fun. Yeah. And then I went into a super academic uh, high school yes. where, um, shout out Central, but Central's my high school. We were used to be like top three academics in Canada. Yeah. Definitely not anymore, but <laughs> we, were, like, we were used to be. Yeah. Not, not as soon as I got there, it was tanked, <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, it was like super academic. Mm. And so that kind of crashed. I ended up like playing sports for a while and like, yeah, I never like, I liked fashion was like a whole thing, um, but I wasn't thinking about like no photos, no no visuals, nothing like that for like um, I guess like a purposeful thing. Like I was consuming it, yes, yeah. um, but I wasn't thinking about it until I realized how capable I was. And mm. uh, once I got to like university, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, London's like a it's a it's a cool place to to grow up just because of seeing like how things play out. Um, a lot of creatives are actually, like, from London, but they leave very quickly. Yes, um, yeah. And so even in Toronto, like, I bet you'll meet at least five to ten people in your circle that are from London, Ontario, but they'll never claim it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they yeah. just happen to be <laughs> here now, and that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you – because I, I come from a similar background in regards to being sort of like a multi-hyphenate sort of child. Mm in regards to doing a lot of diff- just different things and not only doing what you're doing currently, which is directing, doing a lot of visual photography, a lot of that stuff. I'm coming from a background where I did acting, I did music, I did a lot of sports. How do you think, because I'm relating to it now and I've just thought about this, but how do you think that that multi- multi-hyphenate sort of like childhood, how, how, how has it affected your role of being a director? Because... And I see it through eights is that because I have sort of like a, a a background or I've done a lot of these small things, I can now sort of manage and direct people mm-hmm. because I know a little bit of what they've they've done yeah. in multiple roles. Exactly. How do you think that like have you ever thought about that one? And how do you think it affects you you as a director now? Yeah, I think it like it like helps so much just because. 
um, I think there's a lot of directors that don't come from a place where they um, they did multiple roles. Yes, yeah. and they just jumped into directing, which is like if that's your path, like I'm all for it. But I do think that there is some form of like um, a ladder that you should go about. I'm not saying that you have to go PA on a job for free and do all these things. Like I think a lot of people say that, like you have to like work for free and work your ass off to make your way up. Like I don't, I'm not saying that you should be exploited as like an artist. Yes, yeah. but I do think that like it shows when someone's like been a part of camera crew they've been in a camera department they've worked these jobs they've been an art director they've worked these jobs they've been a stylist they've worked these jobs yes because then when you're communicating as that i'm so much more communicative to my stylist now because mm. i started as a stylist and i used to run around this city for a week straight trying to pull clothes just for a director to come to me and be like do you have any other options? And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just go fuck myself. Like, <laughs> sick. Yeah, and so yeah, now yeah. I'm, like, trying to be a little bit more communicative to, like, my stylist because I know I've been in that position where it's so hard yes. to, like, literally work your ass off for someone just to, like, disregard it. Mm. Um, and that goes for every position um, where I try to, like, recognize what goes into everything and to learn about every position in a little way each time. Yes. Um, even, like, dancers. Like, I had a... Um, some choreographers and dancers on a video. Um, I sat in on the rehearsals just to be there. Yeah, yeah. I had nothing to say. I literally was like, y'all do your thing. I'm, I'm a fly on the wall. But I yeah, just yeah. wanted to like go and appreciate it and like understand what goes in. Yeah. So how can I have that better? Instead of like butting heads with a choreographer that's like, you know what I mean, doing something that's not my how I want to go about things. Like I think collaboration is a huge part of directing. And at the end of the day, like directing is pure communication. Yeah. I think people forget that and they think that directing is just about being like the fucking boss yeah and it's like you're just on a power trip you want to direct for the sake of saying you're a director rather yes, than yeah. coming about something and making something totally um and yeah there's there's not, it's not that's not a good way about going on life just like you should be able to communicate every position and then you'll make something great when other people are respected on set I promise you your outcome will be so much better. Yes. Um, easier to say with smaller set, and I like to keep my set smaller just because it's, like, feels a lot more collaborative, feels a lot more, like, um, I don't know, just, like, community-oriented rather than, like, being on really big sets, you see how, like, communication can be lost because everyone is just, there's hundreds of people there, and you're just like, what is going on? You know yes, I mean? yeah. Um, but, yes, I think it's a huge thing to, like, have appreciation for every single art form and non on form that you do that like to be in the position as a director, as a producer. Um, yeah. And all of that. I'm relating to your, um, what you're saying about having like being like on a production that could have hundreds of people on the production in, I am relating to that experience in the film industry to a massive, like a tour, like an arena tour mm -hmm. where there's pretty much like hundreds, if not a few hundred yeah. people, working on uh, a production at the same time. I just an idea again, I'm sort of going off off the off script right now, but how are, how would a film team in your position go from like a small team of maybe five people mm -hmm. to then scale it to a big production like that where like on a huge and I want to say I don't want to say Hollywood, but like a big production yeah. with hundreds of people. Because I know how it it, it is in in the music industry. You start with the artists and your musical director and your your creative director and all these mm -hmm. things, and then you eventually build out this entire team. For you, is it 
a similar experience or like i think it it's honestly you're you're times in every position by like five so like you yeah. go from like um on like a small set like i would consider like our like average music video or like a canadian artist music video to yeah. be like a small set and that's like around 15 to 25 people yeah um you would have like a director a producer um a director of photography their team can consist of like a first AC, first assistant camera, second assistant camera, possibly third. Yeah. They need a gaffer, a light like lighting guy. They need a grip and that can be a couple people. Um, then you have like your art team, art directors, your stylist, your set dressers, your makeup artists. Yeah. Um, and then you have like your second production team of like PAs, production assistants that help out with all the all the things that um need to be done on day. When you see the bigger sets, they like you'll see a call sheet and it's like like each thing there's like there's like ten producers. There's like yeah, there's yeah, like yeah, yeah. thirty gaffers. There's all this stuff and you're like, Oh my god, oh my totally. god. And there's it, it goes crazy, like and not to mention extras. Um, yes. Yeah. I told you recently that I was like an extra on a set just because like I was doing a thing for a friend and there was like two hundred extras. So you need <laughs> talent coordinators for that. Now you need craft for that. You need to feed all of yes, them. They yeah. had food for everybody. It was yes. like it, it's one of those things where it's like, um, Every single little thing has to be accounted for, so they just hire another position for that. Yep. During COVID, they had COVID managers. Yeah, who's sticking this fucking needle up every single person's <laughs> nose and making sure none of y'all have COVID before yeah, yeah, yeah. before we start this set? Like that was it was crazy. That was like a whole other job that was added yes. to the film yeah. industry during the what that three period three year period of time. Yeah, um, and yeah, so the, it can scale up pretty quickly. Um, but Corey and I like to keep things. Uh, within that like 15 to 20 people range for our scale of music videos because I think that the communication stays like perfect there where like yeah. um I don't like seeing uh sets where there's people just like sitting down for like hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And not to say that it's like what you're not working. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, more yeah, so yeah. like do Efficiency. you feel yeah, do you feel purposeful right now? Sure, like do you sure. even want to be here cuz yeah, like yeah. I know that if you're sitting there and your job is to watch the van for the whole day, like, sure, you get paid whatever, four bills today. Are you happy with that? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. you'd rather be in a higher position and be more productive and, like, find, a, like, a, a flow that's, like, oh, wow, I feel like I did something today mm-hmm. and I, like, feel accomplished. I have a credit that I actually deserve. Yeah. Rather than, like, oh, I'm going to do this and for the sake of, like, making $200, like, is that $200 going to be worth it at the end of the day? Um, and so, yeah, I like seeing a smaller set where people probably get paid a little bit more. People probably work a little bit harder, but I think it's worth it in the end for all of us. And it's not like um, people are like, it's like you're one person's working less. Like everyone's working harder. Mm. Everyone's doing more. Um, Not to, once again, not to promote like working your ass off. No, no, I get it. But it's just, I think it's better to be productive um, instead of just like divvying up jobs to people who are barely doing anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And for those wondering if it's the same thing in the music industry, Beyonce recently for a tour put out uh, basically like a roster of people, and there was like four hundred people touring on on, yeah. on at the same time with her, which is absolutely <laughs> nuts. Um, and for those interested, go check it out online. There's like the entire tour's roster, and it's insane. Um, going past though, but now I'm I'm done with the origin story because we're way past that. <laughs> Um, topic two being the creative process behind a music video. 
Uh, I just have some very general questions, and we can go in and out of it as we have. Mm-hmm. That wasn't even an origin story sort of segment, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, it's great. Um, how do you, general question, how do you typically begin the creative process for a music video? General question. And can you walk us through the process of collaborating with an artist or musician to develop a concept for a music video? Yeah, I think there's like two ways um, yeah. that go about it. So it's either that you are being pitched a music video or you are pitching a music yes, video. Yeah. So um, being pitched something is like, uh, well, you're still pitching. Let me preface that. But a label will send out a mass email <laughs> to, let's say, I actually never know the number because I'm, I'm, it's always a BCC email. So I'm always so curious. <laughs> that being said, I want my guess is like, 15 other directors, maybe yeah, like yeah. 12 other directors. And they send out, here's uh, like a whatever wave file with songs. Yes, yeah. Here is um, the lyrics to it. And here's what the artist wants out of it. Um, make a treatment by this date yeah. and send it in. So I go about that and I listen to the song a bajillion times and see like, I literally will like listen to it and like close my eyes and just like see what comes up right away. Um, some songs are a little bit easier than others where like you like no off first listen. Oh, this is what it feels like. And some you're like, okay, like let's like yeah, figure yeah, this yeah. out. Totally. Um, not even saying anything about the song more. So just like, but like if like something comes about, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, it's uh that's like one way of, of how things come. And then others is like just pure cold call. Like if you hear a song and you think that that will go well, like we'll reach out to artists and be like, are you down to hear us out? And if they are, we'll send them a treatment right away as soon as possible. Yeah. And be like, this is our idea. Yeah. What do you think? Do you have money? Do you not have money? What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, and kind of going about it that way. I think that's a little bit more fun just because like we set the tone of the creative control when like it does help to hear what a musician or a label wants that being said, sometimes that doesn't align with what you want as a director. Um, and so that's like a huge uh, thing to navigate as like the end of the day, you're providing a service. Mm. It's not your song. You know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't make the song. Of course, yeah. So like keep that in mind and like make an idea that like works for everyone. Um, and hopefully that idea you actually believe in to like mm. the fullest amount. Um, but yeah, it's about like making a treatment and a treatment kind of consists of your synopsis of what the full video will be about mood boards on like the feel of it, having a bunch of pictures, uh, reference, uh, references all. I like to reference, um, specific videos with time codes. Yeah. Um, to let you know, like what specifically I'm thinking about, because I think if you send a general video, it's like a four minute video. You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, sure. I, I get the feel, but like, it doesn't necessarily like, I'll be like, this shot is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like, some some directors like to go even deeper and be like, this is the the styling looks I want. This is the makeup looks I want. Um, I only do that depending on the artist or depending on the song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you're doing. Uh, I think a lot of um, a lot more male artists don't care about their makeup looks as much. Yeah. yeah um, of course, but like yeah. it obviously depends on whoever the artist is. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a, a different process every time. But th- that's like the general. I feel like a path of like how you go about pitching a music video. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's great. Um, coming from a photo background, how do you choose the visual style aesthetics and tone that best complement the music and the song's message? So 
even going back to more of like even the treatment, mm-hmm. how are you um, approaching like the aesthetics, the mood board mm-hmm. specifically on that video? I think a big thing, uh, like I mentioned before, is like the artist brand. Like, yes, I yeah. think about that like heavy um, because if the artist doesn't have a brand, then sure, you just go about what feels right. Yeah, uh, that, like almost like ninety nine percent of the time, the artist like either has a current brand or wants something specific. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's going about that. You're like, it doesn't matter what the song is um, fully. Sometimes, like you could have an artist that performs the same song as another artist, but there'd be completely different music videos depending mm. on who the artist was. Sure, yeah. Um, so I think about matching that. Like, I think a good example is, um, what is it? Uh, Slow Motion by like Trey Songs or something like that okay. was like written by Charlie Puth. <laughs> sure, 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 <laughs> sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's the right song, but like yeah. you're telling me Charlie Puth and Trey Songs have the same, <laughs> have the, sing the same song? That's hilarious you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, like one yeah. is like the most beautiful like light-skinned man ever that you're making like this like sexy club anthem the other guy's charlie puth like that's like yeah, not yeah just yeah. a charlie puth but i mean like that's so funny to me so i think yes, that it's yeah. something to to think about of like those music videos if you pitch that to me as like this is charlie puth or this is trey songs those are going to be completely yes, different sure, music videos sure, i sure. promise you, you yeah, yeah. And so um i go about it and like matching like what what feels best with the song when you listen to it and also like what would this artist be comfortable doing what would they look good doing mm. um do they even want to be in the video some artists sure, do like some storytelling yeah. stuff where it's like they're not even in it i love j cole videos he just be like cameos in it like i think that's great <laughs> like he that's yeah. someone who's so confident within himself that he like rather bring this brand of like something deeper than himself like yeah, I think yeah. that's like that's another thing you know um but yeah just bring that's the way i kind of bring it in is like seeing what matches their brand and um what feels the best in the song and what will stay like a little bit more timeless i think mm. not not just like doing like uh, a quick like trendy thing for the sake of it yeah 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 what kind of tools are you using um to build mood boards to build treatments are there any tools is it a google doc and google is it you know, are you are you putting stuff together on like a slide deck? Yeah, you know, mo- mostly like de- like slide decks would be the best way to go about it. Some people use like PowerPoints. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We use pitch is like our main thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like that's a huge thing for directors is like make your treatments look good. Mm, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, like half of winning a pitch is is just like taste. Like it's not necessarily about who has the best past work always like i yeah. think like if honestly if i'm a if i'm an nr manager i'm i'm creeping the fuck out of whoever's going to be directing this video to make sure they're capable that being said a lot of times the artist is going to go off what looks the best and what feels the best you know yes, yeah. the way you word things like is this artist do they want to be uh, like like technical about how you go about your synopsis yes, like yeah, yeah. in this x artist is going about this and blah 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 blah, blah. Do, yeah, will yeah. they like that or are yeah. they going to like a casual thing where you're like this is about to be the most fucking crazy video ever, yes, you know? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. some people like like different <laughs> things, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, I was like a a judge on um, MVP, the grant for MVP, which is ran by like RBC Music. Yeah, it's yeah. a Canadian grant. Um, it's like fifteen thousand dollars, and I had to review like 60, 60 treatments or something like that, and the songs, and rank rate them out of a hundred, which felt like very very judgmental. Yes, but it was yeah, yeah. a very interesting experience because I saw the like depths of like 
some people were submitting like like no lie a fucking white page like a google doc no not a single picture and just like like a 300 word explanation of like this is the video blah 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 blah, blah. and you're like like sure i guess yeah, but yeah, like yeah. what if i'm not a visual person like what if i can't imagine that i yes, also yeah. like like if you're whatever pitching to this many people, like I clocked out a hundred words in, you know what I mean? Like they're not paying attention. Yeah. Some people didn't even have an explanation. They just had pictures and you're like, okay, sick. What are, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Totally. Um, and so, yeah, it all varies. I think the best way to go about it is like having uh, a synopsis, having your uh, like scene breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. And then having like your mood boards afterwards. Um, but yeah, get a good program that like gives you good references. Um, Shotdeck.com, amazing. There you go. Uh, has a lot of uh, film stills, music video stills. Sure. Uh, Flim.ai, amazing. Uh, expensive as fuck, won't lie. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and uh, Pinterest and Pinterest. Like I, I, Art. I don't, I can't like explain enough that like Pinterest has been recently so important to like how i go about making mood boards because there's so much good art on there yet people just assume it to be like like they label pinterest as like a bad thing um but pinterest is like something that like you make it as good as you want it to be Mm, you know what i mean people who shit on pinterest are the same people who shit on subway you just don't know how to make a sandwich (laughs) it's like (laughs) that's the way i see it like you're literally curating this the the algorithm goes based off of what you're liking and what you're saving you know what i mean if you don't like pinterest you probably don't have good taste that's the way i see it sorry i'm getting back (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's fantastic uh in that in that same sort of breadth um what are your influences what as nathan lao what do you what do you what do you go check out first? And when you're thinking about specifically again the aesthetics, but also even just music, music videos, like what what are your what are some of your like biggest influences? I think as of recent, I've been a lot more photo influence rather than uh, like video. Um, yeah, and that is because um, I think it's hard to like as a music video director, and this goes for once again every position. When you look at other people's music videos, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have blurred lines of their ideas start to like look at what they're consuming a lot, you know. Sure, and yeah. that's and that's cool, but I don't. I'm not trying to bite a bunch of directors' stuff, especially music videos that are coming out in the same time frame. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah that's yeah. not my goal. So a lot of things I've been doing is taking photo influence and then turning that into video, and that's like a big influence from um, Kendrick. Does it very well, very well with. Um, what was going to say the element video. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Those are all photo influences from, um, what's his name? Uh, Gordon Parks, Gordon Parks. Every single shot in the element video is, is, is a picture turned into a moving picture from Gordon Parks. Like they're all an homage to uh, Gordon Parks pictures. That's, I think great. Like that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so recently I did a music video for the artist Sahadi who happens to be my girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of those were were photo photo inf- like uh, in photo influences that turned into like visual aspects. So like we saw, um, like uh, a specific picture of like a cowboy, and I was like, that'd be crazy. We ended up turning the cowboy into like a standoff, like shooting shot. You know, right, what I right, mean? right, right. Um, same with like like there was a shot where someone had like. 
they're on the ground. There's like blood coming out of her eye. We like turn that into like blood coming out of your ear, and it's like it was like a moving shot. You know what I mean? Right. I think there's so much influence in a still image, um, but we're very quick to to write it off because it's not moving and we're not seeing it. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the whole point of being a director is like visualizing that yourself. Um, Taking some more influence, like hold on to it for a little bit longer. We're so quick to to scroll past things. Yeah, and I'm very guilty of it as myself. But like, look at it a little bit longer. Um, I think a lot of influences in places that you need to actually look at it. Go to a gallery, like sit there, look at it. You're not on your phone scrolling through. Like when we see hundreds of art pieces a day, they become a lot less meaningful than mm. if you were to like go into someone's exhibition and like sit there and like look at it and be like, oh wow, you know what I mean? Because you're actually yeah. taking it in. You're like you're 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 giving it attention that it should be given. Um. So yeah, a lot of influences have been like a lot of photos. Yeah. Um, some specific photographers, I think like Nadia Lee Cohen is like been like my favorite like photographer as a recent. She's also a director and mm. does some like crazy ideas, but you can tell that every single photo she takes is like so well thought out of. And it's more so about the idea rather than the photo. Mm. And I think that's what makes, like, a really good photographer or director isn't, like, right. necessarily, like, what you shot it on. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's, he, like, um, I don't like when people say, like, oh, you can shoot something on iPhone and it's going to be whatever. Like, of course, uh, whatever. A cinema setup's going to look better. Yeah. That being said, I, I do truly believe that, like, an idea sells it. Um, I would have loved to shoot that recent music video with Sahadi on a, a bigger setup. With the money we had, we used a smaller one, and I still think we made a amazing video. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Just uh, actually putting in ideas that aren't so fast food is like a a, a word that uh, we use a lot for when we talk about like fast food productions. Are yeah. just people who kind of go through productions, going through the motions for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's not the way to go about it. Yeah. So, yeah. It seems to me that you're very influenced by just different mediums and formats. Mm-hmm. Um, are there non-visual fo- formats and mediums that you're you're influenced by, whether it be uh, books or, again, maybe music yeah. or like th- things like that? Or no, definitely. I think uh, a lot of uh, like I can't leave the house without <laughs> listening to music. Yeah. And I was literally saying to my roommate today, like, I got to take these headphones off because, like, my, mm. my like, ears were starting to hurt. But yeah. it's something that, like, I think is... Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> this, is, this is different. But I... Um, yeah, I think music is, is, like, a soundtrack to life. I think mm. that yeah. um, everyone's, like, has their main character moment when they're listening to to whatever track they want to listen to. Me on my train ride here, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, <laughs> and that's, like, a huge thing of... Uh, like, I've always thought about, like, when I do my first movie, I'm, like, what the soundtrack's going to be like. And, like, I dream of it being, like, something amazing. Obviously, like, there's so many other factors of, like, getting the rights to the song. That's sure, huge. Sure, but, sure, like, sure. If, you, if you had a million dollars, what could you do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, yeah. like, a, I think it's always, like, a fun game to play um, and to, like, kind of think about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, music's a huge thing for for every inspiration, I think. Yeah. Can you share now, going into more of the stories situation, um, can you share an example of a music video that you did pitch, that the original concept was there, but once, like, going through the process, it changed completely, or even on set, there was, like, another idea that mm-hmm. came about that was, like, oh, my God, we thought about this location, but, like, right next door, there was this this other crazy location. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I won't name the artist, but um, 
we had a music video where the um the manager of the artist came to us i think it was like four days prior to okay and be shooting which was like oh man (laughs) it was like it was it was a lot i i think it was a great experience it was it was a lot um (laughs) we didn't lock a location until the night before i we changed the treatment three times just based off what was possible so originally i had an idea of like going into a restaurant and and doing this and doing that um couldn't lock down a restaurant restaurant turned into ice cream spot and we were like okay cool ice cream spot like we're gonna do that yeah yeah, yeah. um because that was what's possible couldn't get this nice ice cream spot ice cream spot turned into like a shittier ice cream spot (laughs) (laughs) like we did that um we like had a, a parking lot situation that we wanted Parking lot turned into the gas station that we thought was cool. Right. Um, we hit up the person the day. I went the day before. It's like like 10 p.m. at night. I walk into this, like, gas station, and I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing tomorrow? And he was like, uh, here. And I was like, I'll pay you, like, $300 cash to, like, shoot this music video here. He's like, I don't know. I was like, 350 He's like, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so we did it. And we did it the next day. Like, it was um, – crazy like making that work um and like having your ideas change like i think like we made sure that the premise stayed the same of what the video was but, right like our locations changed like by like the minute because we were just getting like okay this will work oh, it won't work yeah. i had like i was calling so many diners that's what it was it was diners not I, uh, ice cream shops but yeah, yeah, yeah i wanted diners we had to settle an ice cream shop i called like every diner in this city and guess what Movies love diners, so their prices are so high that yeah. <laughs> you can't get them for the low. Sure, sure. And like, sure. I had people like even call me back, and I'm like, "Oh my god, hi, hi, hi!" And they're like, "Wait, you wanted it? Oh, never mind, no." And I'm like, "Why did you call back?" Like, okay, it was yeah. literally like such a stressful time. Um, <laughs> but seeing that play out like made me realize like how like things can really work out. Like the day of, yeah, 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 we were like extending our time at locations by just like bargaining with like the people who own the place and like that's real producing to me is like making shit happen um i think a lot of people think producing is just like pre-production yeah but not you need someone on day making shit like happen like yeah yeah, making things schedule going on time and Mm. so shout out Corey pittman because there's honestly without him there's no there's no luno boulevard at all and we like like the production of things like really flow through that man so yeah yeah pause he's <laughs> yeah he's uh he's quite the i mean even before we pressed record we were just telling saying how how much of a business guy yeah. and not necessarily like a business like like a like a corporation but no. just like a uh, he like, sells you man yeah, he, he sells, sells it yeah how can i go <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, impersonate. It was impersonating Corey on the podcast. Really, <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Um, again, back to like even like just challenges. When I say challenges on set, when I just say challenges on set, what are the like the top three things that you think about in regards to your challenges or even like Luno's challenges on set? Um, and I'm thinking when I when I'm asking this question, I'm also thinking about the people that are listening. Mm-hmm. That are maybe like, what are some things I should look out for? When I'm when I'm when I'm um, on set, I think that like the first two things that come to mind are one managing expectations for like your client slash agency slash artist whoever else is involved with this. Mm. Like, like I said before, 
this song, this project, whatever it is, isn't yours. Like just because you're the director, just because you're the production company, yeah. it doesn't mean that you're the one posting it for that client base. You know what I mean? Like if I do a music video for some pop artist, I'm not the pop artist. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah, I'm yeah. making this and I'm like making this come to life. But I think a lot of people forget that like the end of the day, like this isn't your product. So make sure that everyone is like happy. Yeah. Um, and sometimes like that's a slippery slope because like, there's a lot of like director memes about like agencies being very, very hard on like not being very experimental. They want things to be very corporate, family friend, friend oh my God, family friendly, yes, or whatever yeah. it is. Um, but I think that you have to just take in mind that like these are the people who are hiring you. Make sure that you're you're going about it in a way that like you're keeping that, um, I don't know, professional stance and making sure that everything's smooth. Um as a production company, if you want to work with people again, like you have to like, you know what I mean? Stay professional, stay yeah, yeah. as a company. You know what I mean? Like it's just because you are whoever on the weekend doesn't mean like when you're on set, like you have to bring that energy. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, the second thing is like, I think like a lot of these music videos um, we're doing in one day, two days. Um, you don't have a lot of time. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. And, like, time in production is, like, money as everything is, but, like, actually a lot of money because you're only renting the gear for the day, yes, for the weekend, yes. for the week, whatever it is. All of that costs a lot of money for you. You're paying people by the hour. If you're a union and you go over, you're going to learn the hard way that people charge overtime and expensive. their rates double. Like, if yeah. anyone's part of Actra and you go overtime, guess what? You're getting invoiced a bag and you're not going to like it as a production company. So, like... Do everything you can to be on schedule. Mm. If you if you don't feed your crew six hours after your call time and you're on a union set, you're getting charged a late lunch fee. Found that out. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Sure. And so, like, one of those, like, going through all the things that we've gone through is, like, like everything that you could possibly think to be a problem yeah. could be a problem. Could be an issue. You know? And I'm not saying sure. be paranoid, but, like, be on top of it. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Because... Just because you had an amazing set with your 15 friends does not mean that your next set with 40 dudes that you've never met give two fucks about how your day goes, you know what I mean, yeah, when yeah. they invoice you because it's so not personal. Yes. Like, I think that there's so many people who go on sets to get paid, and that's fine. That's their job, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they could invoice, uh, like, kids like us being like, yeah, sure, here's a $1,500 invoice, and we're like, oh, $15, you have $1,500? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. $1,000? And so yeah, yeah. there's uh, just, like, being wary of, like, time is money, making sure everything goes smooth, and also just, like, being respectful for other people's time, you know what I mean? Yeah. I understand that you need to get your shot done, but, like, it's, people got to go home. People, yeah. like, it, especially if you're shooting in, like, not your city, like, a lot of shoots happen in Hamilton. Yeah. I got to go back down downtown Toronto, I don't want to leave at 3 a.m., you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to get back at 5 a.m. That's so awful. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, just being wary of that, of that you're not the only one on set. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of other things to, to think about. It's great. Yeah. In that same sort of uh, breadth as well, um, any tips for people that are watching that are interested in, in getting into the music uh, video uh, scene uh, either as a director or not, you know, yeah. um, and obviously you don't start uh, in the music video industry as a director, although some 
some could. Yeah. Um, do you have any tips for people who are interested in just being in the in- industry? Yeah, I think my biggest advice would be find um, an artist and find uh, a crew mm. that you connect with really well. And I'm not saying, like, you're just going to cold call some big artists. Like, you're going to work with someone who's around the same level as you. Shoot your shot, you know what I mean? Like, it literally what's the worst that could happen if you reach out to an artist and be like, I have this idea, you listen to one of their songs, you make a treatment, come professional, yeah, have everything laid out, and they say no, like, okay. And yeah. you're in the exact same position you were before, because guess what, you're still not doing that music video, but it's like <laughs> you weren't going to do it if you didn't ask. Yeah. Um, find that team and, and really connect and work with it. I've been so grateful to, like, work with a very similar team throughout a lot of my productions. Mm. Um, shout out Alex Han. He's like my main director of photography. Um, having like a go-to DP is like so important to me. I think like our communication is like, we don't have to talk on set sometimes. Like yeah. we have our mics. We don't even just look at each other. We know. Um, and I think that's a huge thing. Same with artists. Like um, the way I came about directing was so like fast and quick solely because I was working with, um, um, my boy Nilo Blues is yes. his artist name, and I was just doing photos, and he he was like, "I need some more visuals," and like I'm like a new photographer at the time, and I was like, "Yeah, you want some like more photos?" And he was like, "No, I need to do a music video." And I remember like texting Corey, and being like, "This guy wants a fucking music video. I don't know how to do a music video." And he was like, "Run it." I was like, "Okay, sure, yeah, yeah, down, no, no, no. and like pretended like it was. I just like faked it, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's like run it. Yeah, down." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did it and it went so well. And like after that, we ran like three more videos. Yes. And yeah. having him really, really jump started like my career as like a director because if it wasn't for those first three videos that I ran with him, like I wouldn't have had any work. Right. Um, and so I'm like eternally grateful for people like Alex Hom, people like Nyla Blues, where we had this consistent thing where um, since it went super well, they they came back. And I think a lot of clients will do that with you. Like, yes. Yeah. I see it a lot with, like, directors and artists, even on a huge scale. Look at SZA's work. Her last, like, four music videos have been done by, I believe it's uh, Bradley Calder is the director. And she keeps going back to him because he keeps fucking killing it. You yes, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And this man is now creative directing for Tate McRae. He's, like, doing things with Paris, Texas. He's doing things, like, all over. Because of that relationship with SZA, you know what I mean? Like, maybe yeah. there was other aspects of, like, he's just very talented, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But, like, when you keep those relationships and you keep pushing with, like, one team, one group, one person, I think a lot of good things come other ways. And, like, those artists, those whatever crews will be so happy to see you work with other people because, like, y'all came up together, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that you should bring that energy elsewhere, you know what I mean? Like, I want to see those artists that I've worked with work with other directors and kill it. I want to see my camera team go work on other sets and kill it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I have my thing, I'm going to call them up first thing. And if they can't do it, it, like, it is what it is. But if they can't, I definitely want them back on, you know? Yeah, yeah. And your work and, you know, through eights and through the music industry, and we see the exact same thing um, in regards to people going back to the same people to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it could be hard for um, people who aren't getting the work to see that. Right. But it also it's it's all to say to my point that I'm gonna make now is that the portfolio matters mm-hmm. so much. And uh, the work matters and the quality of work matters and also the communication and the professionalism and all these these things. Um and I know it's like, you know, you hear it all the time, but it's true. Right. <laughs> it's true. Definitely. Um 
if you had to restart your journey with the knowledge that you have now, what would you do differently? I would like try more things, but with like a lot more intention. Mm. Um, I think like I was very quick to to be like, this is the goal. Once I like got one directing job, I was like, I have to direct, I have to direct, I have right. to do this. Um, and that's not necessarily true. Like even now, like I think that like I'm going to expand into other like mediums um, mm. because why not? But I want to do it like intentionally is the main thing. Um, I think it's sick to like side quest as like an upcoming creative and like figure out what you like. That being said, do things with purpose is like my best advice. Yeah. So like if you're starting out and you don't know what you like yet, like get on set, do something, artist is for someone, stylist is for someone, try those things out. But don't go like, I don't know, to like a like a carpentry class thinking that it's going to help you in the film industry. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> so there's like, I, I'm just saying like there's things to do to help better yourself in a way that's not necessarily, it has to be a direct path. There's just like a general, like moving forward. Yes. But don't get too distracted to be like, well, maybe I want this. Maybe I want that. Because I think a lot of times deep down people know when they're doing something, not necessarily like, like quote unquote, right. Um, for like their like portfolio or for whatever, Mm -hmm. but they're doing it because it's like a distraction and like, they don't want to think about like the hard things right now. Yeah. But just like, try to stay focused on, like, what is your purpose? Like, what is, like, your why to everything? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big thing with, like, Luno for Corey and I. It's, like, we've recently been, like, trying to understand, like, why are we doing this? Because yeah. we, we know why on paper, you know what I mean? Luno Boulevard is a blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, right? Yeah. Sure, but at the sure, end sure. of the day, like, does that matter unless we have a purpose of, like, what do we want to do? Yeah. Um, and so we've realized that, like, it's great to have an incorporation. It's great to have these things in line and have a company that you can put all your work under. But none of that matters at all unless you have a purpose of, like, actually wanting to make certain content and trying to change people's perspective on things and trying to help out your friends for whatever or whatever your purpose is. Like, do that. Don't get distracted by trying to fulfill other needs of, like, whether it's, like, external validation, whether it's, like, your own validation for something like that. Like, do things that are actually benefiting to what your, like, full purpose is, is what I'm trying to say. Great. Um, now, I, I mean, I guess we've mentioned it so much, um, Luna Boulevard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had Corey on like five months ago, six months ago, yeah, maybe seven. Um, it has been time. Um, for those who didn't listen to the episode and I implore you to go check out the episode with Corey Pittman. Uh, I don't, I don't know which number it is, but, um, if you look up Corey Pittman on the, either on the channel or, um, on the podcast page or whatever, you'll find it. Um, how has it been developing a creative entity in a culture-rich environment as Toronto, especially like this a very visual city, mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, um, whether it be in music or in art, how has it been developing Luno Boulevard in a, in a culture-rich environment, is what I called it in the script? Um, it's been good. I think uh, like Luno is something that we created in such a small it's only been like two years since we started and like for the story of luno it literally started as luno was my graffiti tag yeah or my friend's okay. graffiti tag um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, it was just something that luno boulevard was essentially a project where it was supposed to be um a tag onto things that was like toronto was going to become luno boulevard that was like the whole the whole okay. thing it was it was like it was super like like uni student just trying to fuck around type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it 
eventually like I scrapped it because COVID happened, everything. I was like, whatever. I had the account name, but didn't like do anything with it. Yeah. Um, and then I realized that I was starting getting production, wanted to create something that was like a little bit more official to like put everything under. Mm-hmm. So we created Luna Boulevard for the production company. And within like our first year, so many things happened where I felt like we were we were learning so much by getting on productions and doing things that we didn't realize like how official things need to be. Um when you're dealing with like music labels, when you're dealing with things, yes, like, you yeah. need your your taxes in line. You need to incorporate at a certain time. You need to have your invoices in check. You need to be, really read these contracts. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that we learned so quickly, and it was a stressful, stressful time. But like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't take it back for anything because um, to have that experience in your first year of production was like amazing. Like, I uh, was still in school. But was able to like pay for so much shit just by doing the, the like Luno stuff for my first year, which is like unheard of for like a production company of our size, you know? What I yeah, mean? yeah. Um. So yeah, it's been it's been super crazy to like have that uh, experience, and especially in a place like Toronto, I think um, like Toronto is like it's such a small city in the grand scheme of things. Like everyone knows everyone, um, and I'm loving seeing uh, our like size of production companies like work our way up because obviously there's like the big ones like there's like colossal and there's um common uh common good and everything where the, these guys are huge and i'm like look up to them a lot um but i love to see like our smaller productions like doing things that are like i don't know what you can see the path going yeah um somewhere and i think like give it a couple years and these production companies are going to be running your running your films everywhere and running your music videos everywhere um but yeah it, i think a lot of people are supporting each other within that as well mm-hmm. we're we're doing a lot of co-production uh we just recently uh co-produced with underscore studios shout out underscore they like are also friends of ours who are doing the exact same thing like production wise and yeah. i i love to see that like there's not there's a lot of support within this city um regarding like this industry um of course in any city there's going to be people who like don't necessarily like support each other um because it's a very like competition based thing trying people are fighting for the same jobs but i think there is a level to toronto being that like it feels like we're against everyone in the sense that like la there's bare jobs everywhere in fucking new york there's so many jobs everywhere you know what i mean while in toronto we only get so many so yeah when, when someone gets it you're like fuck yeah you got that you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. i'm i'm like I, I love to see that because like at the end of the day i want people to look at this city as like I guess it's more legit because you realize it is once you come here. But if you if yeah. you if you're not here, then you don't understand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much like untapped potential here, and I think it will show very quickly. Um, I remember a friend said to me that like currently right now, like Toronto is like New York in the '90s, and like I think that's sick. To, yeah, yeah. To, to say because like you're gonna look back on archives of these events. Of, of these productions, of these concerts, mm. and be like, oh my god, remember when so-and-so performed here yeah, yeah, at this yeah. time? And you're gonna be like, yeah, it was a fucking moment, but you weren't here, were you? So I'm excited for this to just, like, progress and, like, for Toronto to, like, really expand as, like, a city, like, creatively and, like, culturally. Um, yeah. But, yeah. How do you see uh, Luna Boulevard sort of uh, growing as a company um, in, 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 a, in, this, in this market? Um, I would love to 
to like transfer into like a lot of narrative. Um, yeah. Both Corey and I want to direct a lot more narrative. I think would be the end goal to things. As much as I love music videos, it's a uh, there's a lifespan to uh, certain styles of music videos. I think music videos will be around for ever. Yeah. But um, sometimes you want to do a little bit more than that. Um, you want to be attached to a story a little bit more. I also don't think that it's easy to tell a story in a two, three-minute song. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just not what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I, I want Luna to be able to just, like, be, a like, a, a hub for Corey and I's work where we're showing things that we really, like, appreciate and, like, really, like, are, like, trying to show. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're in the works of, like, making a couple shorts. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that's, like, super exciting. Um, a goal for mine. I don't want to speak on it too much because I don't want to, like, no, no, say but, anything, yeah, but I just want to just, uh, yeah, putting out a narrative in the next, uh, like, year or so. Okay. That's the, that's the goal is to, to have, um, I guess, just more uh, of a story behind um, the productions we do and putting a little bit more time and effort into them. Yeah. Not to say that we don't put a lot of work in. It's just uh, a music video can be flipped within two weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. From, like, pre to post-production, it can be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's super sick. Mm-hmm. That's, like, sick for your portfolio and sick for whatever, but it, it, it doesn't necessarily fulfill or scratch that itch that some people have, including myself. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, another industry question, what are you seeing in the industry that uh, that interests you, that you see coming, whether good or bad? Um, for <laughs> for bad, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. think I see, there's a lot of, okay, like when it comes to like socials, mm. there's a lot of short form content coming out and like we're currently doing it, you know what I mean? Where sure. this probably be chopped up into something short. That's fine. I think that's great that we have that and there's a really accessible thing. I just worry that when it comes to like, like super creative work, that it's going to get shorter and shorter and shorter. And it is when you look at TikTok, now labels yeah. are are cutting marketing budgets because they realize they can just have their artist film on TikTok for free. You know what I mean? And I I think there's some good in that where there is a lot of a lot more creative control for artists to do what they want to do, yeah. and directors to do what they want to do because now. You can go and film whatever the fuck you want for a very, very cheap and quick and whatever. Um, I just think it takes away a little bit of like the, I don't know, just the meaning of things when you're doing it just for reviews. Um, and like, sure, that's like a very like lukewarm take to be like, don't do things for clout. But it's, I think that it's just like super um, disappointing to see like some art forms being lost and like, uh, people not like people trying to take shortcuts every single possible turn they go. Yeah. Um, I get kind of frustrated with like, I call them like TikTok cinematographers because like, it's like people who like obviously have the skills yeah. to go and do something really really cool. Right. But they're like, what's the quickest way I can make this look like film? And it's like iPhone footage with this film emulation, and it's like the most deep fried footage you've ever seen in your life, and it's like sure like i guess and like yeah, to, yeah. to a mass crowd this works sure and yeah, like you yeah, got five hundred thousand views in your fucking living now great right, i'm right. very happy for you if that's what your goal was but i just know that like you did this and you were like six 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 how much views did it get you know what i mean like you weren't sitting there being like wow i really love this shot yeah, like, yeah i yeah. can just tell because you 
are posting the same video that you just did eight times and waited for the one to blow up. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, totally. I guess it's just about not taking too many shortcuts mm. um, within, like, skill sets and, like, actually learning about craft and, like, why you're doing the things that you're doing um, rather than just being, like, what filter can I use to, to, to get this look or what... What, yes. ed- what template can I use to do this? Like, just edit the video if you want to edit the video. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't, everything has to be so easy nowadays. Mm. And I think that is something that I don't see um, going too well, especially with AI. Um, I think that AI is something that is also going to be used, both good and bad. Yeah. Good in the way that, like, I recently watched, like, an Audrey Nuna music video, her last one, and the AI in that is, like, like so well done. Like it's right. mixed with VFX in a way that's like beautiful. Right. Um, and I think seeing that is like, this is how it should be used. It's enhancing the video and enhancing that editor and that VFX artist work. You know what I mean? I think that's beautiful. Yeah. When people are going to do full AI videos to, to like, you know what I mean? Something like that. I feel like that's also like taking a shortcut, like doing it half ass. You know what I mean? Like, sure. It might look good overall, but I struggle to believe that there was like a lot of effort put into that. If you're just gonna like click like a like an AI fill button, or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. Coming back to just a little bit the production company, and I'm I'm just seeing a question that I had here. Um, are there measurable steps in the evolution of a production company like Luno? Um, we're currently at eights in uh, in, a, in a process of evolution in regards to steps and what we need to do to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Do you have any steps or? I think steps um, in like a, in a business, there always are like specific steps that you should take. Yeah. Um, whether that's like, okay, by this time I want to incorporate. By this yeah. time I want to make this amount of money. By this time I want to have this many clients. Um, and I think it's good to have those goals. Yeah. Um, whether it's like a three month, six month year goal for your business. Um, but I also think that you should strive to have like um your brand image and your actual like i keep saying purpose but it's just something that i've been thinking about a lot um for your company and mm-hmm. those are like not necessarily as measurable um but yeah. those are steps that you got to take in order to make something i think a lot of the best companies in the city bring a culture that's like something surrounded by it that you hear this name if it's like an event company let's say mm-hmm. you hear their name and you're like I want to go there because they're they have the sickest events, you know. What I mean? Right, right, right. That's a measure, like, or not measurable, but that's a step that you should take. Mm-hmm. To be like, I want to become that. Like, I want to hear that it's a Luna production, and I know they killed it. Like, that's something I would love to hear. Yes, like, yeah, that's, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. those are I think the steps that you should be taking of whether it's your personal brand or whatever. That whatever you do, people should hear it and know that it was done by you. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah I mean? sure. Yeah. In a good way, of course. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think for some people they have that, but it's not necessarily in a good way. Mm. Like it could be a company or an individual person. They heard this person did that, and automatically they're like, "Oh, yeah, like it's like it can go both ways." So yeah. I guess just like bringing uh, a level of like um, connection to your name mm-hmm. and as a company, um, and not just money wise. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And sort of two last questions, quick. What are your plans um, in regards to just you, yourself, uh, Luno, um, and, you know, you don't have to 
talk to any like big things that you're that's coming <laughs> up. I don't want to like spoil anything, but what are you what are you thinking about um in regards to your personal I guess evolution in the next I don't know year or so? Mm-hmm. I think uh I I recently finished school at TMU for yes. fashion and that was like a huge wake up call because it was like I was like sick, got my degree, amazing. Now I can work on directing full time because I I started Luna while I was in school. And yeah. so graduating I was like like having a form of structure um, and then doing the thing you like on the side was so like sick. Like I have this, you know. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. once you take away that structure, and you're like, now go. Yeah. And you're like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I was supposed to do this now. Yeah. Um. So I think it was right now. The goal is to like figuring out that new structure for myself. Mm. Um. And like, what are my like, like goals? Is to like, uh, like I said, like move into like a more narrative space. To yes. Do, like, yeah. To do something like hopefully pretty big is the goal. Um, yeah. And just to, to kind of um, look for a production that's like a, a much more like long form content is the goal um, for, for myself and for Luno, I believe as well. Like I, I think it'd be sick to, to produce things that are a little bit, have a little bit more life to them. Yeah. Um, whether it's like a series, whether it's um, like a short or a feature, those are definitely yeah. in the, in the works to, to, to going to just because I think that, um, it's every director's to goal to like move into like film, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe not every director's, but a lot of them. That's yeah. What they, like grew up watching, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. And Biggest so, references, of inspirations. Course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's definitely something that I'm trying to do. Mm. Um, but uh, as like a person, I guess it's just uh, I guess finding purpose in every um like action. Yeah. Um, and not like doing things for the sake of doing them. I feel like. Uh, in the first year that we were working, it was like go 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 go, and I I like literally put my head down for a year and I kind of like just like was like I don't even know what's going on yeah um but kind of straight away and where I wasn't doing I was doing things like kind of almost on like autopilot where everything just becomes like like muscle memory to be like I need to do this I need to make this deck I need to do this you know what right. I mean but then like when you do that so much you lose the purpose of why you're doing it um so just consistently trying to remind myself to to have a reason to do um every single production photo shoot whatever it is yeah like like, actually believe in it um something in the new year is like i i only want to work with like artists that i like genuinely like their music yeah yeah um yeah yeah Yeah, i think that yeah it's no definitely (laughs) like i mean whether it's like um and not just music but like working with people on set that I, like, love. And luckily, I've, like, I haven't really ran into any, like, qualms with, like, both artists and that. But yeah, um, I think there's a difference of, like, liking something and lo- loving something. Yeah. Um, and, like, I haven't even worked in a genre that I listen to that often. And so I think, like, that's something that I really want to move into. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I listen to a lot of, like, as of recent, like, a lot of, like, alternative and shoegaze music. Yeah, I've never done a video like that. I've done, like, a lot of pop videos, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, pop's cool and stuff, but I just don't listen to it as often, you know? And yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's something that, like, I uh, would definitely like to move into and try, like, different artists that are, like, I'm, like, willing to invest into as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and, yeah, I kind of see where, like, be a part of, like, someone else's journey as well, like, bringing them up as an artist. Because mm. I think there's some really, really good, talented um, smaller artists in this city but yes. just don't necessarily have the guidance to like um i guess bring a real brand and really like you know have like um reason for people to watch them half these artists don't have managers 
Yeah, I mean, you know how important that is. Like, it's like it's <laughs> yeah. so crazy when you're your own manager to like have that. Yeah, all the time. So, yeah. like, I would would think like, oh man, it'd be sick if like Luna was under the agency and we didn't have to do this ourselves. Because <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. there's a lot of work to be your own manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess yeah, that's something that I've been kind of thinking about a lot. And last question: What are what are you what are your dreams? Let's say twenty years. What do you, what what do you want? it to look like either Luno, your, your personal sort of portfolio career, where you, where are you at in, in, in some time? And it doesn't need to be on the timeline. Just what are you, what are some of your like yeah. dreams? <laughs> I, man, it's a big question. I think yeah. that, um, what's funny was like, I used to have this mentality where I was like, if I haven't made it by 30, I'm gonna say, fuck it. And just like stop and like open up a restaurant. And I was like, <laughs> I should like, I don't know, like, toxic mentality to be like if sure, i haven't sure, made sure. it by 30 like yeah. what do you mean 30 man like, yeah, yeah half the people you work with are 30 like, yeah that's crazy. oh my gosh yeah, yeah um and so that's such a like i'm only like i'm 23 currently yeah like that's like seven years is gonna fly by you i know, know I mean? so yeah. it's such a, a horrible mentality to have i've yeah. definitely scratched that a little bit out um as much as i would love to like make it in my eyes whatever that success is sure yeah but i think it's just fulfilling whatever like that what I consider successful and what I currently consider successful is like, am I doing like, am I happy with like the work that I'm doing? Like fully satisfied, not just like that was sick moving on to the next, like I'm fully satisfied. Like if I could put out a movie in the next 20 years, that is like a classic. And then I'm like, like I could retire. Like that's like fulfilled in my eyes. You know what I mean? So like doing like a level of that is always a goal. Um, And like, obviously would love to be like super financially stable at the same time. Of course. Um, yeah. But I think that's a secondary thing um, that I'm thinking about. Um, and yeah, like I, I don't want to be someone who is like overworked to the point where I'm like 40 and I haven't like had time for myself for the last like 20 years. Yes. Like, I, like, yeah. I see so many people in uh, both industries that I'm in, like with like uh, directing and in service is like, there's so many people who you're just surrounded by a lot of people who, who haven't necessarily taken the time that have to think for themselves. Mm. And they're like, have always been working for someone else. Yes. Not to say you have to work for yourself, but like not actually like working like for themselves. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they, they've just been going through the motions and without you, purpose. Right. And then you yeah. wake up 20 years later and you're like, Oh fuck. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I, yeah. I just like, it kind of breaks my heart. So I'm trying to not fall into that. Even if it, means you know i mean sacrificing some things or money whatever it is and like actually being fulfilled with all that role um yeah that's definitely the 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 dream i guess the un-american dream (laughs) (laughs) we're back everybody with the uh 41st episode of the cloud machine podcast here with nate lau It's the forty first, actually. What? Yes, it is the forty first. Which was was special, dog. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's uh, well, we actually had to move this uh, this this episode, which is fine. Which we can't talk about why we moved it yet, (laughs) but I'm sure it'll be out soon. It was part of a project uh, that'll soon be out. I'm sure. Um, Anyway, uh, we're here for the Dream Fest game. For those who I haven't witnessed the game yet. It's uh, basically I asked my guests to sort of uh, create, direct, or program uh, a festival of dreams as a, as a as a as a as a like somebody that would attend the festival. But in this case, for Nate, I said if 
also, there's another question later that's more of like if you if you had to create a direct a festival. Um, so anyway, but starting off, who would be the headliner uh, to your festival? Yeah. Um, can I make two? Of course. Can yeah, I make yeah, two yeah, festivals? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because here's my thing. I have like <laughs> two two main like um, personalities in music. Sure. And that's like super like. I mean, not su- I don't know. I like to song, like, for a festival, I'd want, like, artists that, like, make people dance. And not, like, DJs, but, like, or yeah. it could be DJs, but not, like, like just, like, whatever, fucking, I don't know, Tiesto <laughs> or something okay, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd want, like, dance music. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the other side of my music taste is just, like, pure sad, like, like sure, shoecase sure, type sure. thing. Um, and I, I feel like those don't mix. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like... Like a sad festival. Okay. <laughs> That's such a crazy branding. I'm going to name it that. Sad festival. Um, like, something like the, like the Cocteau Twins would be fucking crazy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then, like, a other headliner, like King Cruel. Yeah, okay. That's like a like, second headliner? Yeah, King Cruel Live here was, like, one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. That was, that was unreal. Um, <laughs> an opener, like. Maybe like an opener would be like like current joys like that. I feel like that would be okay. like my my ideal festival of just crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, 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 sure. Um, what would be the dance festival? Like, oh, I feel like an opener would be like, you know, Abra. No, A B R A. She's okay. sick. Like her her music is like nostalgic. But it's like being made now. And yeah, yeah, like she yeah. has this filter in her voice that makes it sound like it's a song from like the eighties. But it's, okay. it's like, but it's more updated. Anyways, it's great. She would be sick. That's great. I feel like she would match really well with like, like a Kaytranada. Okay, would be it would be dope. Yeah, also, yeah. amazing concert being there. I feel like I've seen Kaytranada twice, and being in a small venue with him at History was like, like un- unbeatable. That show was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. um, and then yeah. I saw him at a. I saw him open up for the weekend. Oh, yeah. Not yeah, so sure. great when you have... I was pissed. Everyone was sitting down during his set, and I was so mad about it. <laughs> like, I was like... I was standing up. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to stand up and block your view unless you stand up, because this yeah. is actually really pissing me off right now that people were like, how do you hear Be Your Girl and sit down? That's crazy. <laughs> That's unreal. Anyways, yeah, I think Kei would be sick. And then... I don't know if this is a basic answer, but... The this Doja Cat album, yo, is unreal. <laughs> like, yo, I'm, I'm gonna come yes. out and say it. That Doja Cat album is fucking so fucking good. And like, yeah, I was having a talk with my girl about like being like in this industry. Like, is like, do you take away that whole aspect of like being a fan? You know, like, yeah. do like a lot of people like instantly take that away? And I think I have a lot because it's like at the end of the day, everyone's humans. But yep. if you saw Doja Cat <laughs> in person, I probably would be starstruck. So yeah. I, I'm saying, like, yeah, I think Doja Cat would fucking kill a festival. Like, especially, like, a big headline. Yeah, yes. I think that she would kill it. I I completely uh, can feel your, uh, that, that vibe where you're saying, like, like I, I barely listen to music at home anymore because I'm really? so, I'm so in it. Right. It's like music is my job. Yeah. And thinking about it as well, like in, the, in as a general, like grand scheme of things, sorry, thinking about m- music in like how, like, how do I say this? Like if I'm directing something and I'm thinking so like, um, if I, and, and analytically, yeah, 
I'm always listening to music analytically, so I'm now mm-hmm. listening to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, that's um, good. You just listen to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, too much. Uh, well, while editing, I don't listen to the podcast after I put them out. Um, but to 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 what you were saying about being a fan, mm-hmm. like I, I rarely get that. But with Doja Cat, I would also obviously yeah, <laughs> yeah, her album no, is so good. No also, shit. like Planet Her was so sick too. Amazing. It's like honestly. It's great. Some and of the I'm, best music out right now. I think she's one of the the more mainstream artists that I like justify like a lot. Yeah, piss off some people, but I think like I don't like Taylor Swift's music. Sure, and, yeah, and like I, I just don't get it. Like I yeah. don't understand how like like a full like the the stadium like people like fifty thousand people outside a stadium that's housing eighty thousand people. Like, why? Yeah, <laughs> like I just yeah, don't yeah. get it. Like when like you have Beyonce's concert. Like, that makes sense to me. Like, that's, like, like I see that, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I see Taylor Swift's music. I, like, I, like, listen to it, and I'm like, I just don't get it. Right. But, like, Doja Cat is one of them that I'm like, mm. yeah. Like, she, everything from visuals to to performance to, to just, like, overall style yeah. is just, like, yes, yes, yes. Um, and she's pushing the envelope. Yeah. And I think that is where, like, going into, like, the creative directing thing is, like, I'd only want artists that, like, actually bring something where, like, I think so many artists get booked for festivals and their shit is so boring. <laughs> like, I remember seeing, like, I'm just calling out everyone. I, uh, what was it? It was, like, Future was, like, headlining a festival. Yeah. And it was, like, looked like the worst performance I've ever seen. <laughs> it was just, like, y'all probably paid, like, $250,000 for that performance and, like, no, no, like, visuals in the back. Yeah. Minimal lighting. Homeboy with a mic. Like, yeah, it was yeah. just, like, sick. And, like, sure, some people can do that. He's not one of them. Yeah, like, I don't know. And so if I were to, like, creative direct a festival, yeah. I'd want to, like, set, like, a – how do I go about this? Like, set, I would set, like, a, a mandatory, like, thing where each artist has to have a certain amount of, like, visuals and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, a yeah. certain amount of, like, a standard because I don't like the idea of, like um, – I understand that you have stages – and stuff. And yeah. Like, so, yeah. like, people have big stages and then smaller stages. But everyone can use the same equipment once you get it there. You know what I mean? If you yeah. get an LED wall, anyone can put anything on there. So, like, make sure you tell everyone they have that and be ready and come prepared with what you whatever you need. You know yes, what I mean? yeah. And I think that's, like, a huge thing. That's, an, that's really interesting. Because um, yeah. if you are a festival, you have the money to get the one thing and make sure everyone can use it and make it accessible for all the artists. Yeah. Um, I think there's, like, the weird hierarchy of, like, artists that, like, obviously you need to separate, like, whatever, a smaller artist stage from, like, the big artist stage. Yeah. But what's the point of, like, not giving them anything if you're, in, like, you're inviting them, right, to mm, perform. Like, yeah. you're using them as, like, a name to get people out here. Of course, of course. Of you course, know what yeah. I mean? So, like, might as well provide. That's the way yeah. I see it, at least. I'm not going to Oceaga because I love the festival. I'm going yeah. to Oceaga because I love Kendrick Lamar. Exactly. It's like, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Um, where would this festival be? And I know you're sort of juggling with that answer. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I don't like the idea of a festival being in, like, a fucking desert. Like, I yeah, feel like yeah, that always, sure. like, the Coachella yeah, yeah. firemen and stuff. I'm like, this just goes wrong every time, doesn't it? <laughs> like, it yeah, yeah, seems yeah, like yeah. it goes wrong every yes, time. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm more of, like, a cityscape person. Like, naturally, I'm just a city yeah. guy. Um, so I don't know. I love like Gov Ball and shit like that. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Like I love that. I feel, and I have so many of these conversations with people in regards to Toronto is missing a huge festival, Mm -hmm. like a a festival that a Doja could headline. Like we're missing that. Yeah, or like, like 
with Billie Eilish, it seems like she's headlining almost every major festival mm-hmm. in North America, but there's nothing like it in Toronto. No, nothing yet. I think that, uh, like, I mean, the closest thing is what, like, Veld, but, like, Veld is, like, pure EDM. Yes, exactly, like, yeah. had, like, Cardi B yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like, and there was Way Home. Yeah, but until like, went bankrupt. Years ago now. Can I vent? Uh, Please. The, the um, biggest... And might be only regret I have in my life is uh, I uh, didn't go to Way Home because I had summer school for English class, um, and and this Frank Ocean play that's the only time I'd ever I'd ever see him. Ever. Yeah, 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 and especially after Coachella now, yeah, it's done for. Yeah, I thought about putting Frank on my list, and then I was like, well, that comes with the clause that it actually goes well, you know? And, like, sure, it works out, and he sure, doesn't sure, bail sure. on the second day of the week yeah, yeah. or whatever. Crazy. Oh man. Um, where, sorry, not where, when would it be at? Any time of the year. Like, what's your, like, favorite time of the year? I think either, like, right before summer, like a like a mm. late spring, or a very, very early fall. Like, that's, like, the time. I think summer festivals, like, are just a time for people to, like, overheat. Yes, yeah. But if you have, like, a, May? Yeah, May, May or September. But yes. Like, yeah. and, and it's, like, I don't know. I'm huge on, like, 18 degree weather yeah <laughs> like, yo same like, that's like my favorite same. shit <laughs> it's like i love like a sw- sweater or yeah sort of people can get a fit off yeah i think that's great um i don't know something about festivals that are like super hot and like whatever have never been like appealing to me yes um and yeah that's like not something that i'm like looking for uh i'm not even like like I haven't been to too many festivals, but if I like were to, I'd want to be comfortable the whole time. Like, yeah. I don't, you have people rolling on Molly for four days straight in just pure heat. That doesn't make sense to <laughs> nah. me, does it? <laughs> nah. Well, that's how we finish the up. Um, thanks for coming by. Thank you for um, having me, man. People, thank. Just go check out uh, Nate's IG. That's uh, at Nathan Lau underscore on Instagram uh, and Luno's website as well. And Luno on IG as well. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> Luno Boulevard. That's L-U-N-O. Boulevard is B-L-V-D. Um, and it's the same uh, website as well. LunoBoulevard.com. Um, I also want to thank those who uh, are listening to the pod. Uh, 41st episode. It's a big one. Um, and I mean, 41st episode means, yes, 41 uh, you know, guests, but it also means 41 weeks. So it's almost been a year and Let's I'm go. stoked. And um, yeah, again, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, people will see you next week. Uh, next week, uh, we haven't announced it, but if you get to the end of this, this podcast, we're doing uh, two weeks on the road with the beaches live from the bus. So um, stick around for that. It'll be a, a, a wild time. Uh, anyway, stay safe, everybody.